Hello, I'm Dr Philip Timms. Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. Today I'm going to talk to Sarah, who's had problems with depression. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Dr Timms. Um, can you tell me something about yourself and, and how it all started? Okay, well, I'm uh, married, well, I'm actually separated. Mm-hmm. I'm 45, and I used to work um, in, a, in a good job for about 30 years, mm-hmm. and then I was made redundant. Right. And that was really the start of it, I suppose. Okay. So it started when you'd had some problems, um, particularly at work, for a while. Yes. And yes. Uh, what did you first notice? My concentration was going. Um, I'm a, a personal secretary, and I found at work I wasn't. I was finding it very difficult to remember things. Mm-hmm. Not that my work suffered, but I found it very hard to concentrate and to sort of also to get motivated to actually get to get to work. And I just found towards the end I just didn't want to be there. I just couldn't face going in. So I was really actually got signed off work for about four months, right. which was quite a lot and quite serious. Okay, so so. You felt that you were, you were constant, your work was suffering, you couldn't mm-hmm. concentrate, you weren't remembering things, uh, you were signed off from work, but yes. weren't actually receiving any help at the time. No, no. no. Okay. Did you notice anything about, else about your, your health or your behaviour at this time? I found that my things were at the home weren't going too well mm-hmm. because I was getting more irritable. Right. Situations at home where whereas my husband and I would have laughed the things off, mm-hmm. I was getting very sort of angry screaming and shouting, which I, we, we didn't do at all. No, no. We've married 20 years, and we never screen anybody, even mm-hmm. let alone ourselves. Yeah. I was getting really awful. It was funny, I didn't want to go home. Right. Um, I just didn't want to be there, I didn't want to be at work, I didn't want to be at home. It's sure. like, I didn't know, didn't know where to go, really. Yeah. What's happening with your sleeping and your eating? I find it difficult to sleep. Mm-hmm. I would go to bed. I always have a Walkman, so I couldn't have stories to put myself to sleep. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and couldn't go back to sleep again. Right. Eating... I was eating badly. Um, I don't normally eat junk food, but I would find myself eating crisps and, and just rubbish food at different times. If my husband was cooking a normal meal, you know, proper mm-hmm. food, I would eat it, but I was eating other things as well. Right. So it was just not me at all. Okay, so overall it, it felt as though things, things were going, going badly wrong. Yeah, I was putting on weight. I remember putting on weight. Right. Okay. And that made, didn't make me feel too well. Right. Did other people notice that you weren't your usual self? Not really, no. I hid it quite well, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I was still going out and doing things. Obviously, my husband knew. I had one friend who was quite close to, mm-hmm. and he would know. Because I remember going on the bus once and just crying on the bus and ringing him up. I don't want to go home, I don't want to go home. Mm-hmm. And saying, oh, come, come and visit me. And then I'll go back. But nobody else knew. I just hid it. Right. So, to all intents and purposes, other people just thought you were going about. Yes. Yes. You know, I found that a strain because no one knew I was carrying the sort of not blanket of despondency around me, but the sort of, you know, work was going bad, the home life wasn't too good. But to everybody else, we are the sort of the golden couple, we've been married mm, for so long, mm. big success, and um, mm. it was difficult. So would it be fair to say that you felt quite alone in yes. your experience? Yes. Isolated? Yes. When did um, you first get some help? It started um, when I was at work, and I was mm. being signed off work, and then my doctor said, let's just talk about it. And she said, well, let's see, maybe you can have some... Because she was suffering from depression. So she sent me to do this course, combating mm-hmm. the blue. I put my name down to this course. Is that a computer Yes, an therapy. internet course, yeah. yes. Which I found, I found it useful, but I wanted more from it. Sure. It was a good course. I just wanted more from it. It was called Beating the Blues. Combating, combating the Blues, combating CBT. The blues. Right, okay. It's just you and the computer, and you have to just... 
tick a box if you're happy or not happy. So I'm simplifying it, but it was along those sure. sort of lines. So did, did you have to do that every day? No, it was just once a week. Just once a week. We had to fill a form in, but actually I normally just filled it the day before something. I'd forget to do it. And and I couldn't even bother to do the form, even, even though I was supposed to do doing the course. Right. I just found it tedious to do. Yeah. Did you did you have anybody to talk to over the phone or anything? No. Just all on? No, on? it was just the computer and I. Okay. And how long did that last for? I think it was six to eight weeks. Right. And um, there was a form that you had to fill in before you did the course, before you did the actual day. Mm-hmm. And there was a box that was, do you have suicidal thoughts? I was ticked it, mm-hmm. thinking, well, somebody surely will pick it up. But nobody seemed to say anything. Mm-hmm. Then at the end, somebody said to me, well, you keep ticking these boxes. I'm thinking, well, oh, you finally have noticed. Right, so that was almost like a cry for help. Yes, yes, it was actually, yeah. And we know that this sort of therapy helps some people, but it, it didn't particularly suit you. Well, it didn't suit me because nobody was picking up on the boxes being signed. Sure. It was going every week, and no one was sort of saying to me, why have you ticked this box all the time, mm-hmm. towards the end, towards the end? When you were saying you were going, were you going to a place to do this? Or I had to go to a medical centre. Right, OK. Yes, and, and do the course. But you didn't talk to anybody, you just no. did the... You just went up, signed right. in, did the okay. course and left. So that went on for six to eight weeks. And yes. what happened next? Then the, the, the person who was running the course, having seen my boxes, said, well, maybe would you like to do some group therapy? And I thought, mm-hmm. actually, yes, I would. Mm-hmm. So I put my name down for that. But again, it took about a year before I finally got into the course. Right, OK. Sessions, rather. And what were they like? They actually were quite good. Um, we did become a, a little band of network, a, a, a group of um, support group, really. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually say much, to be honest with you, in the group, because I found my situation quite... I thought it was quite unique. Mm. I didn't want to discuss my problems in front of everybody. Mm. So when they asked why I was there, I guess I must have made something up. Right. Just so I would say something to be there. But I found it helpful to hear other people's situations. So I think other people might... Some people might feel quite reassured by this, that you felt quite reserved. You didn't didn't really want to say anything at all. No, no. But you wanted to be with other people who'd kind of had similar sort of experiences. Well, I didn't want to talk about sure. it. I wanted to keep it to myself. I'm, I'm a very yeah. private person. Yeah. I didn't want to wash okay. my linen in public. No. So I didn't want to discuss it. But I did want to make sure that I wasn't on my own, really. I wanted sure. to hear other people's situations. Yeah. But even though you didn't say very much, you still found it a... Yes, a because I met, a, nice, I met a, a good bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And it was good to be mm-hmm. with other. In fact, when the course finished, we met up a couple of times at my house, in fact... Mm-hmm. and just knowing that people were there I thought very useful I mean, to be honest we've now lost touch mm-hmm. but I'm sure if we were to bump into each other it would be nice for reassuring right so one of the things that that group did was to help you re- reconnect with people in a different way well with way. people who have suffered with depression because sure. yeah. up until then I'd never come across it before no I mean my friends may have had it but we never discussed it it's no, something you talk no, about no. Which is ironic, given that about one in four people in this country will have well, yes, I know that now. depression or something over yeah. their lifetime. And in fact, yeah. since I've had this, it's surprising, because now I'm quite open about it now, yeah. I find that people, my friends, if they are a bit different, they will come and talk to me, because sure. I'm doing a bit of work now with okay. it. So. so, you did the CBT course, had mm. a long wait, and then you did the group therapy for about eight weeks. I think so, yes. Yeah, about eight weeks. What happened next? Then I was um, put in touch of a group called Depression Alliance, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, why not? I'll go along to it. I'm not doing anything else. Because by then I was actually made redundant from work, which helped the situation quite a bit, because I didn't have to worry about going to work. Mm-hmm. If I didn't feel like waking up early, I didn't have to. I, did, I could just yeah. do what I wanted, and that helped me sure. a lot. Not that I stayed in all the time. I had, even being at home, I wanted to actually thinking, well, this is my time. I want to use it mm-hmm. for my own purposes. Yeah. But the Depression Alliance group... I made some really good friends there. Mm-hmm. So everybody, how, did, how did you get in touch with them? 
Um, when I did the um, group therapy course, mm -hmm. there was a lady who put me in touch with somebody who actually right. ran the Depression Alliance group. So I phoned them, had a quick chat on the phone, and then I was invited to go and join the group, which I did. And we used to meet on Wednesdays, and they have different groups on Tuesdays and Mondays. And I made some, some very good friends who have been very supportive for me, and I've been able to help them as well. And you're still in touch with them? Yes, I am. Okay. So joining the Depression Alliance group helped you to create a network of people yes. for yourself yes. who have been supportive and continue to, to support you. Definitely. In fact, in the two years since I've given up work, I've had more friends than when I was working. It's quite bizarre. Right. Um, and even though we all have depression, we don't talk about it as such. We always think of it as like an anti-depression group when we get together because we, sure. we want to have a laugh rather than think about what our problems are. Yeah. What sort of things do you do to, to keep yourself well? I try and not plan things too far in advance because mm -hmm. I never know how I'm going to be feeling. Okay. But I do like to have things there if I want to do them. So if somebody rings me and says, let's go out for lunch today, I will, I will say yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very much a spont spontaneous person now. I'll do things. So you tend to keep yourself busy. Yes. Yeah. Having said that, th there is a risk of doing so much, you get yourself exhausted. True. So you have to sort of learn how to pace yourself. Okay. But I think the thing is to have things to look forward to, nice mm -hmm. things to look forward to, whether it's just yeah. going to see a cinema or even just... On Saturday, I was looking forward to watching The Killing, the final episode on television, so mm -hmm. I was looking forward to that. So, so there's always things. having something to look forward to. Yes. Um, social, uh, the personal contact to look forward to. And also knowing, there is that as well, but also knowing that if you are on a high, to be aware that at some point you're going to come down because mm -hmm. highs and lows. So when you're on a high, I think, okay, I'll be coming down in a few days' time. So to be prepared for mm -hmm. it. So when you are thinking so you're falling into a hole, remember that actually you will get out of it. Right. So it's, it's remembering that, that hope that yes. you, you do get better. There was always you, a lot. Your mood does lift after a few days. Yes, you're not pulling into a cave, pulling right. into a tunnel. There's okay. always light at the end of the tunnel. And it's obviously been a, a difficult two or three years for you. Do you. How do you think it's changed you? Well, I'm much more understanding now to other people mm -hmm. who have problems and even mental health issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm the first to admit, I'm, I used to be quite judgmental, and if I saw somebody who was depressed or living a bit lost, I'd always think, oh, well... I guess I just ignored them. Whereas now I'm more inclined to think, well, I wonder why they're like that. Mm -hmm. And I always think, well, everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. So I'm more prepared to listen to someone's story now, whereas before I might have been a bit, I'll get over it. Okay. <laughs> so it's not been an entirely negative experience? I suppose not, no. Right. You have to learn from these situations. That's right. And take the good from the bad. Well, thanks very much for talking to me this morning, Sarah. Thank you very much.